Hello, and welcome back to Falling in Love with Yourself. My name is Jenny, and I am your self-love coach. And this is episode 74 on how to love yourself through loneliness. And all of my episodes are so near and dear to my heart, uh, but this one definitely is. It's something that I struggle with, and you'll hear a lot about my journey of acceptance with loneliness and specifically the fear of being alone. So of course, just like every episode, I'm going to get deep and personal and show you, teach you, guide you in your own journey through things that have helped me. And just a reminder, I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a medical professional. This is my journey, my process, my progress of these, this evolvement, this healing. Um, and my purpose with this episode is to share my heart and soul so that it speaks to your heart and soul and that it could open you up to your own guidance. I believe that we all have the answers within us. And sometimes we just need to hear and talk to someone else to help us find our inner guidance and our inner truth. And that is my purpose with this podcast. I am so very grateful that you are here. Um, I love this podcast. I love this community, this self-love community that you are a part of. And I'm, I'm grateful because I get to share my highs, lows, and in-betweens. And that is extremely cathartic for me. It's, it's extremely um, healing for me. But to know that my pain, suffering, discomfort is touching you just gives me so much purpose and fulfillment. And that's what that's what I'm here to do. Um, that's my higher power has given me so many gifts of courage <laughs> and transparency to help you. So, Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for reaching out to me and telling me how this podcast or anything, my social media posts, the one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do, anything serves you is just so amazing. And self-love is really taking, taking wind. And Thank you for sharing with your community what is helping you because there are people out there that need to hear your progress and your process. This is not the Jen show. This is our show. This is our process and journey together. So I really want to empower you to share with someone today your growth and your healing and your discomfort. Share it on social media. Share this podcast. Share what you're doing to fall deeper in love with yourself. Share it with someone, a trusted, safe friend, 
Um, when we have these maskless conversations, when we are vulnerable, it really, really helps us connect to others. And we're going to talk about the fear of being alone and loneliness in this episode. And that all stems back to connection. We are human beings that crave connection. And the only way that we can have that connection, that deeper intimacy, is to be vulnerable around safe people. Um, I'm a safe person for you. I also offer a Monday morning tribe Zoom that's completely free. Every Monday, the Falling in Love with Myself tribe meets on Zoom. We meet at 8 a.m. Pacific time please DM me. You can find me on Instagram at Jenny underscore Drake underscore, or you can search on Facebook for the Falling in Love with Myself tribe, or you can reach out to me on my website, jenny-drake.com to we show up every Monday morning. It is such a beautiful community and it is a safe place for you to have these maskless conversations. Um, these women are extremely vulnerable, but extremely non-judgmental. We've been doing this for over two years now, and we have learned to not be judgmental on ourselves. And therefore, we're not judgmental of others. So if you are craving connection, if you feel alone, if you feel lonely, there is support. I am here to support you. I definitely have some spots available for one-on-one -on -one coaching. I wanted to just read to you a text that I got from one of my clients the other day after one of our sessions. She texted me and she said, I always feel so renewed and rejuvenated after our sessions. I just wanted to say thank you and have a great night. Um, that just... I mean, I'm a words of affirmation love language. And so when she took the time to, to speak her gratitude to me, um, I felt so connected to her. I felt so connected to myself and so connected to my, to my purpose. And that's what it's all about, right? Is to connect back to ourselves, to connect to, back to our source of love and light and to share it with others. Um, I'm so grateful that you're here. I am so excited to have this very deep, vulnerable conversation with you, and we will be right back to do that. Welcome to season two of Falling in Love with Yourself. My name is Jenny. I've been a teacher and a coach in some capacity for over two decades. But that's only part of what makes me successful as your guide to falling back in love with yourself. I'm a single woman who turns 50 this year. I stepped away from a 22-year marriage five years ago where my self-worth was lower than low. I didn't know who I was, what I believed in, what fulfilled me, or what my purpose was. I was depending on external people and things to complete myself. But through my four pillars of self-love, which are self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-compassion, and self-worth, I am now filled with love and faith. Self-love is different than self-care. Self-love is not selfish. It is essential. We always hear how we need to love ourselves, and I am here to teach you how. 
I'm so grateful you are here choosing you and I cannot wait for you to fall deeper in love with yourself. Welcome back everyone to episode 74, how to love yourself through loneliness. Um, so I just heard something um, from, from someone who is so wise and they said that fear is actually our teacher. And that is such a turning point because, you know, we are really taught to run away from our fears. And when we find that that no longer serves us, and when we have the courage to kind of turn towards our fear and say, where is this coming from? And what is it here to teach me? That is a self-love breakthrough right there. Anything that taps upon our self-awareness and our self-acceptance, of course, through the lens of self-compassion, is truly, truly what I call a self-love win. And so identifying your fears and kind of standing courageously, I'm, I'm visualizing like standing in like a warrior pose or superwoman pose, kind of facing this big fear, um, that actually removes blockings of self-love. It's scary. It's not comfortable. It can be painful, definitely, when we face our fears. But when we do it, we actually are breaking down walls and barriers. I am here as living proof of that. And I want to share my story about standing and facing the fear of being alone. Um, whew, I'm going to get emotional. Um, I wasn't expecting to get emotional, but um, I always say that tears are a sign of truth. And so um, I have the fear of being alone. Um, I've always had it. And the fear of being alone has dictated a lot of my choices and behavior throughout my life. From a child, through my teenage years, my young adult years, um, definitely as an adult, definitely as a parent, um, I show up in this world with that underlying fear of being alone. Um, today in this episode, we're going to talk about be feeling loneliness and the difference between being alone and lonely. <laughs> we're going to talk about feeling loneliness partnered in relationship. We're going to talk about feeling loneliness unpartnered out of relationship. And we're going to talk about how to truly not feel alone or loneliness. So I, I'm really hoping that this episode speaks to you 
regardless of where you are at in your life and whether you are partnered, unpartnered, parent, non-parent, um, friendship, you know, extrovert, introvert, I re you know, young adult, teenager, twilight of your life, anything in between, I really feel like loneliness is a universal emotion that we all feel um, throughout our life and at different times of our life. And, and not everybody has a fear of being alone. Although if you listen to my podcast, I do believe that we are all on spectrums for things. And I believe that that fear is a spectrum and some people feel it a lot more intensely than others. And it's just, it goes back to who we are and what our childhood was and, 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 and those beginning stages, right? Everything goes back to our childhood. Um, so when I open up about my fear of being alone, um, there is a difference between feeling lonely and being alone. Um, I'm alone currently. I'm a 50-year-old woman. I'm single. I have two adult children that live far away from me. And I spend physically and geographically the majority of my time alone um, by myself. Does that mean that I am lonely all the time? Absolutely not. Um, but loneliness is an emotion that does creep in um, sometimes. And it's really, it's been a journey for me. And, and like I said, I'm going to dive in a little deeper about the course of this journey that I have had with feeling loneliness, um, both in a marriage and while being single and really embracing and accepting being alone. Um, so yeah. So as a child, I, you hear this in every episode. If you are a subscriber, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to repeat um, my story a little bit, but I am the youngest of five children. Um, I wasn't alone often as a child. However, I do remember feeling very lonely as a child, even though I wasn't alone. And I do remember setting up the mechanisms already of numbing that loneliness, um, wanting to be rescued from that loneliness, either with friends or finding a sibling to hang out with. I would, you know, watch TV. I remember not being comfortable with boredom. And I remember my mom having the discussion with me often when I was a child, like boredom is a part of life and go find something to do by yourself that fulfills you. Um, I remember this at a really young age 
And I was very resistant to it. I did not want to be alone. I did not know how to be alone. And I, I was very rebellious. I wanted somebody to entertain me. Um, so, and that survival mechanism really, really has been a part of my life throughout my life. In last week's episode, episode number three, um, having a sense of urgency, I talked about this because to counteract this fear of being alone or this discomfort of being alone, um, I would rush, I would look to be rescued and I would rush, rush, rush to people, places, or things to rescue me from this discomfort of, of being alone. Um, fast forward in my life, it is the reason why I joined an organized religion. It is the reason why I got married very, very, very quickly. Um, I was married for 22 years, and I can honestly say in that relationship, I felt more lonely and alone than ever. And if you are in relationship, in partnership, and you feel loneliness or alone a lot, I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you. It is very common. Um, I talk to women every single day that feel alone while in relationship or um, partnered and or even in friendship. Do you have friendships where you feel alone? And Again, there's nothing wrong with you. You are not bad. You are not you are not less than. This is very um, common. And we're going to talk about why and how to not feel that way or to have it lessen and to become less intense. Um, I will say that if you are feeling loneliness or feeling alone, I sometimes I use those words interchangeably and sometimes I don't. But if you are feeling, if you can identify with any of that in your in relationship, I want you to know that it is a very painful place to be. Almost more painful than loneliness while alone. Does that make sense? Like when you are partnered and you feel alone or loneliness, it's almost more intense because we have expectations and we have needs when we are when we are with somebody and if if our needs are not being met it's staring us in the face that rejection that lack of fulfillment of our needs and our desires not being fulfilled it's it's a reminder every single day and that exasperates the feeling of loneliness. At, at least that was my experience when I felt so lonely in my 22-year marriage. He was emotionally unavailable. He was a workaholic. Um, and all I felt was needy and um, not, not enough and the less I could meet my own needs and the more I looked to him, it just dug that hole even deeper. So I've been there and I've also been out of that relationship and I and, and lonely out of relationship. Um, 
I've been in both places and both are extremely uncomfortable. I'm not saying that one is good or bad, but I will say that in my deepest moments of loneliness as a single person, I work myself through it. And one of the ways that I do it is I remember that it was a lot harder to feel alone in the wrong relationship or in a relationship that was not meeting my needs. Um, and, and I'll go a little bit deeper into that. But this fear of being alone gets triggered. Um, you know, our fears and some of our protection mechanisms, we can be aware of them and and we can grow and heal. But this process is for the rest of our lives. And so I just had a situation, you know, um, I went through it when my youngest went away to college. Um, definitely when my when my oldest went away to college, but I still had my younger son. So when she left, my oldest, it wasn't as intense. But when my youngest son left, um, that fear of alone and abandonment like really got triggered. And I was in a relationship at the time and I just remember thinking, well, at least I have my partner, you know, that gave me some comfort. Um, since then, I've stepped out of that partnership. Um, it hit again, the fear of abandon that abandonment wound, that fear of being alone um, was triggered again. And, you know, you work through it, right? And then it hit again as a single person and my dog, we had to put my dog down, Jupiter. And there it was again, the, that abandonment wound and that fear of being alone. And that, you know, I've been single out of that partnership for a year now. And my dog left us um, about, gosh, I'm horrible with time maybe two and a half, three months ago now. Um, and I've survived and, you know, I've, I've done well. However, <laughs> I, my coping mechanism, and I'll get very vulnerable with this, and I'm planning a future podcast episode about this if you really want to hear, but my coping mechanism, because of that fear of alone, was dating apps. And so I would numb myself just like I did when I was a child with, you know, grabbing friends or, and I'm not saying that like doing social activities is a bad thing. Um, but when we turn to even good things like exercise and all of that, when we turn to that to avoid uncomfortable feelings, then that's something to be aware of. And I was definitely using dating apps as a distraction, as a numbing device for feeling the discomfort and facing my fear of being alone permanently. So once I realized this, that, that phrase, our fear is our teacher, just really, really, it was time for me to face this fear because... I realized that my behaviors were not 
healthy. They were not serving me because I, my desire is to have a healthy, compatible, loving partnership. And this coping mechanism, this numbing mechanism, even though I thought because dating apps sometimes lead to, you know, partnerships, I thought that my behaviors were aligned with my deepest desire. However, this fear of being alone and this rushing and this numbing was no longer in alignment. And so I took myself off of dating apps and um, have been sitting and really processing and diving in to this, this fear and just really trying to embrace those times when I do feel lonely. And because I've taken dating out, because I've taken like this numbing, this um, component out of my life, oh my goodness, you know, when we remove something, it creates space and energy for other things. And the thing that has been replaced is so much awareness, so much processing, so much inspiration. And I'm going to talk about that, um, all of that um, in, in this episode. And so I don't miss the dating apps because what I realized is this is the work this right here, what we're discussing, this facing this fear of long time alone, finding comfort in the discomfort of loneliness, getting all of this inspiration and awareness is, is, is the very thing, the very thing that's going to progress me and heal me on my journey to get what I future desire which hopefully is a healthy partnership. It's like I have to go through this mud and muck to learn this about myself and to change my behaviors. So here I am. And I, the way that I have done this, first of all, the biggest aha moment and, and well, hang on for one second with the aha moment. Let me tell you, I have been divorced for five years. Okay. It'll be five years. Actually, actually, oh my gosh, July 1st was five years. Um, So it's been five years. And if you would have told me last five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, Jen, you need to be alone. I mean, we hear that all the time. I hated that. I hated seeing it in, you know, um, um, b- breakup books. I hate, I mean, and I don't love that word hate, so I don't use it very often. But if I got that message of, be alone and find comfort in being alone, it was a huge trigger to me until not that long ago, y'all. So if me saying, find yourself, fall in love with yourself, be alone is a trigger for you, 
that probably means you have the same, like on that spectrum of fear of alone, you are probably somewhere near me because anytime anyone told me that that was the answer, that was like pouring salt in my wounds. And I, the more I heard that, the more it actually made me want to do the opposite. So five years ago, straight on dating apps, I was looking for love immediately. And I did not stop for these last five years until I can honestly say that when I went off the dating apps like 35 days ago, that is the first time that I made a conscious decision to not look for love. And um, that's why, so I, I just wanted to say like, I had to find this on my own. So if me telling you to find discomfort in being alone um, is triggering for you, then that just means you're not ready. And just be open-minded to what I'm saying and just know that you're not there on the journey yet. And I've always said throughout every one of my podcast episodes, like, you're at where you're at because that's where you need to be. And you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else or say, I should be doing it this way. Like, when the time is right for you to change your behavior, you will. Just like 35 days ago, 30, whatever, 33, 34, 35 days ago, um, when I removed myself from the apps, it was now my time. It was my time to face this, this fear courageously and to find comfort in the discomfort of loneliness. Um, and so now back to the big aha. The biggest aha moment I've had is I'm not lonely. I'm alone a lot. I'm not lonely. There are times of loneliness, yes. But all the self-love work that I've done, the joy list, hashtag joy list, go on my Instagram and type in joy list. Um, I think I even have a highlight for it on my profile. Actually, I do. Um create your joy list, live in your joy list, um, tracking my self-love wins, using my a year of self-love journal, um, using my tool, 30 days of self-love. You guys, I am not lonely. And when I have moments of loneliness, I have taught myself to name it. Oh, I'm feeling lonely. And then validate it. It's totally normal for me to feel lonely right now. I'm alone. It's late at night. This is normally the time when I would be, you know, messaging dating app guys or when I was in my two-year relationship, this is the time he'd be calling me to tell me goodnight. So validating my loneliness. My body is missing companionship. It's okay for me to feel this way. And then letting it move through me instead of attaching to it, ruminating in it, attaching to the self-pity. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I name it, I validate it, and I let it move through me without attachment. And those times are getting fewer and farther in between. 
they're not as intense and they're getting fewer and farther in between. And that is what progress is. Like, I can't have unrealistic expectations that I'm never going to feel lonely or I'm always going to be satisfied when I'm alone. Like, do you hear that never and always? No. Like, it's it's a process. And I have to have unrealistic expectations of progress over perfection and to just have so much compassion for myself in, in these moments. So I, I mentioned um, <laughs> self-pity. I realize that self-pity for me is a place that I go to attach to negative or uncomfortable feelings. And, you know, I will say things like, why am I destined to be alone forever? Or it's, I'm alone right now, so therefore I'm going to be alone forever. And that makes me less than anyone else in partnership. And just why me? Woe is me. Feeling sorry for myself that I'm alone. And what I realized, and I've talked a lot in my podcast and a lot in my coaching about gratitude, what I realized is self-pity and gratitude cannot coexist. It's impossible for me to feel grateful and for me to be present when I'm feeling self-pity. So once I realized that self-pity was one of my protection mechanisms, I, I, I connected the dots. Like that's how I got attention as a child is when I felt sorry for myself and it showed I got attention. And so as an adult, I, my behavior, my, my protection mechanism of going to self-pity is still there. And now I can recognize it. And I had such a profound moment um, during meditation because my whole goal every day throughout my day is to be in love and light as much as possible. And when I'm connected to love and light and I show up in light, then that's when I feel my best. That's when I'm living my purpose. That's when I'm in flow and feel most aligned. And I realized when I was meditating that self-pity drastically dims my light. Like I don't feel, you know, sparkly and aligned and in flow when I'm sitting in self-pity. And that was my kind of buy-in or of like, oh, this is not serving me. This is not serving who I am, who I want to be, and my highest self. So recognizing that now I'm just very aware of self-pity. Again, I name it, I validate it, and I release it because it's not something that's serving me. And then I realize I'm not attached to the that emotion of loneliness anymore. I've also just a couple little tangible things. I'm very self-aware and I hopefully 
guiding you to become more self-aware. Self-awareness is my first pillar of self-love. But I took a look at things that I was doing that didn't feel empowering in my aloneness. And one of the words, one of the things is changing my wording. Like I don't like using the word single for myself or alone. Like those words feel very powerless to me in my body and in my soul. So I don't, I don't need to feel comfortable with them. I found a word that feels more empowering to describe me or the phase in the stage of life that I'm in right now. And that word is unpartnered. Something about the word unpartnered feels so much better to me than single or alone. I think I have attachment to single and alone being less than or something's wrong with me. But for some reason, and I'm not saying that you, I'm not trying to project that attachment onto you. Maybe you don't have those same feelings. I'm just telling you my process of the awareness of, I don't like those words. So I'm not going to refer to myself as those words anymore. Unpartnered feels more like a choice or a phase that might not last forever. It doesn't feel as permanent to me, and that makes me feel better. So look at your wording and watch. Remember, I have a whole podcast episode. Uh, episode number 69 is Our Words Matter. And um, that that was an example of that. The other thing that I did as far as self-awareness is I look at what I am doing my actions, my behaviors, and are any of them adding to this loneliness feeling? And I will say scrolling on social media doesn't feel good to me all the time. Sometimes I'm okay with it, but for me, seeing everybody posting their social events and with their families and all of that, it it makes me exasperate that feeling of loneliness and that voice in my head of everyone else has a social network, that that self-pity again, that woe is me. Everybody else has it better than me. Some people do this with like body image. I do it with, because of my abandonment and my fear of being alone, um, that really triggers me. And so I don't scroll as much. And here is the thing. It's so subconscious that when I was like, when I am with family, when I am with friends, I want to post about it because I want to validate to myself, hey, I'm not alone and I want everybody to see it. Do you see how so subconsciously our behaviors stem from our fears? Like I realized that. And I'm not saying that it's good, bad, right, or wrong to post on social media. I'm not saying that you should feel bad about my, you know, my trigger. And I'm not saying that I, you know, I'm just saying for me, I looked and, oh, yeah, I don't feel good all the time after scrolling. It's it's causing that, that fear 
of alone or loneliness in me. And and here's the thing. Again, let's just stop. And I'm I have a huge huge social network, you guys. <laughs> like I have a great group of friends and I am so grateful for it. And so those feelings that those thoughts when I'm scrolling on social media and I'm saying everyone else has family and everyone else has more friends than me, it's not true. It's just not true. And we have to be able to learn to pause and to actually distinguish between when our thoughts and beliefs are, are true or not. And I just did a um, a, a reel on Instagram and Facebook about questioning our thoughts. And when I'm scrolling through, you know, social media and I'm in that self-pity mode, I have to stop and say, this is not a true thought. Like I have just as much family and friends and support and love as anyone else. It's just simply not true. Um, but when I'm ex when I'm feeling extremely vulnerable, I just don't scroll on social media as much anymore. The other shift that I made was I am an extrovert and I do spend a ton of time alone. I'm lucky that I live in walking distance from many public places. You know, I live steps from the beach and the strand. And so if I'm feeling lonely, I can go out and I can be surrounded by people. And what used to happen was when I would go to a public place by myself, my mind would would do the same thing as social media. I would look at all the couples. I would look at all the families. I would compare and say, oh my goodness, like everybody else has somebody except for me. Guess what? That is not true. I started making a shift of looking at all of the people who were solo. And there are a lot of us out there that are alone. They are in public places on their own. And I started focusing on that because in my solo unpartnered state, we're still not alone. There are that's why the dating world is a billion dollar company or a billion, not a company, a billion dollar industry, like dating coaches, um, dating apps, books, how to find love. There's a lot of us, billions of us. So even if we are unpartnered and solo, we're not alone. There's people like us everywhere. We just have to open our eyes and see it. It's really, really powerful. Just that shift of instead of looking, it's right. We're looking at what we don't have versus what we do have. And the last thing in this section that I want to share is and I, I talk about it again almost in every podcast episode because it's the practice of staying present. Besides self-pity, my next attachment when I'm lonely and that just exasperates it even more is 
going to the future fear of being alone permanently or, you know, long-term. And the thing is, is questioning that belief again. Like, I go back to the present moment and say, I'm thriving right now and I'm alone. Like, I have such a great life. I do. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. I'm surrounded by love. I give like my cup overfloweth with love. And therefore, you know, I, I, I've, I've got it. And yet, you know, of course, because of this, you know, fear of being alone, it creeps in, it gets triggered. And if I stay in that present, if I stay in that fear of what if I'm like this forever? What if I'm one of those people that never find my truest desire of long-term, healthy, loving partnership? That just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It, that is the most dimmest, unhappy place for me to go. And yet my mind still wants to go there. And I have to just get back to the present because in this moment, I am thriving. I am healthy. I am happy. I am loved. I love others. And if I can have all of that in this moment, then I can continue to have all of that in all the moments to come. So it really is that fear that literally sucks the happiness and joy out of life, the fear of the future, whatever our fear of the future is. Not having enough money, you know, fear of um, catastrophic things happening. You know, when we are living in fear of future, it just steals our life. And so I come right back to the present and I, I say, you know what, this goes back to, it's a faith conversation. It's a faith conversation and a power greater that's than me and a faith conversation about timing. And I turn it over. I turn over that faith. I mean, sorry, that fear of the unknown, the future of will it ever happen? What if I'm alone forever? I say, you know what? If it is God's plan, he will, she, whatever you identify it as, this source that's greater than me, will help me. I am helped right now in the abundant life that I live. I will continue to be provided for if that is the plan. And I just surrender that fear over to a power that's greater than me. And that's how I deal with loneliness while being unpartnered. And I've talked a lot about that, but I, I want to switch gears now to when we're feeling alone or loneliness in a partnership, in a relationship, in a marriage, in a friendship, where we have expectations of the other person to meet some of our needs. I mean... Listen, 
I can preach filling your own cup. You know, that is what I truly believe in. However, I always say fill your own cup first. But when we are surrounded by people, of course, we are going to want to feel loved and cared for and appreciated and important and a priority from them. This could even go with our children as well. There, there is a part of that that's just part of being in a relationship or being coexisting with other people. We are not meant to be solo islands. That is not what we are here for. So the goal is, is to meet our own needs abundantly so that anyone else, whether it's our partner, our spouse, our children, our friend, what they give us is the icing on the cake. And I actually got to that in my last relationship. Like I was very much there. Um, it ended for other reasons. You can go back and and find out more, especially um, in episode, let's see, episode 32, Loving Someone Through Addiction. Um, but I got to the point where I loved myself so abundantly in that relationship that his love for me was icing on the cake. That was not the case in my 22-year marriage. Um, the majority of that marriage, I did not know how to love myself and I constantly looked to him to fulfill that love need. And that pushed him away even more. Um, he could not handle it. He was not equipped for it. It wasn't my fault. We just were not a match. I was not healthy enough. He was not healthy enough. And our unhealthiness, just the wedge became bigger and bigger and bigger. And honestly, I started my self-love journey about 10 years before the divorce. And it began with loving my physical body, loving myself through physical health. And that's episode number five. I actually learned to love myself by loving my body. And I actually learned to love my body but through loving myself. Um, you can go back to episode five and, and listen to that episode. Um, but that was 10 years before. I had to start loving myself to be able to have the strength and courage to have the realization that my basic minimal needs were never going to be met by him. And did I want to stay in a relationship where none of my needs were getting met? So that's what I want to say to you. If you are in a relationship and you are feeling alone and lonely, it's time to take your self-love journey to the next step. And I have so many ways that you can do that. Um, I am your self-love coach. I've gone through this process. I can help guide you. I have tools that are free or of little, little cost. Um, I talk to you about just following me on Instagram, subscribing to my Instagram page, subscribing to 
my self-love newsletter for free on jenny-drake.com. Those are free. Logging in to our weekly Zoom meeting on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific time, that is free. Um, very minimal cost to you is purchasing my self-love journal and, and doing it. Um, with me as your accountability partner. I post every week on my social media for you to be accountable to me. Um, that's a very little cost. You can get my self-love journal. It's called A Year of Self-Love, 52 Intentions. I also have a card deck. It's on my website, jenny-drake.com. The journal is on Amazon, A Year of Self-Love. Um, grab that. I also have like $3.99, 30 days of self-love tool. Um, start your self-love journey if you are feeling a huge source of loneliness in a relationship. Um, and then one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's, that's more time and cost commitment. But let me tell you, if you can and you want to make drastic self-love leaps, reach out to me and, and coach with me. Um, I have clients that are like leaps and bounds, leaving jobs, leaving relationships, starting new businesses, um, all of these things because they've chosen to fall in love with themselves. And they're not feeling lonely anymore because the goal is like, we are always going to be with ourselves. We were with ourselves the day we were born and we will be with ourselves till the day we die. That is the only thing for sure. So once we start to nurture our self-connection, our sense of loneliness goes way down, way, 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 way down. Make some goals, some small goals that you can keep and start keeping those promises to yourself. That's a, that's 30 days of self-love. That's what that tool is all about. Um, if you are in relationship and you're feeling alone, start to create a joy list and what fulfills you without your partner. Are you, do you ask yourself, like, I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. I don't even know who I am anymore. This is, this is why you're lonely. It's not just because you feel disconnected from your partner. It's because you feel disconnected from yourself. Um, and then once you start really um, building this and nurturing this relationship within yourself, then you will be able to identify what the need is from the other person. And I remember towards the end of our relationship, it was, I think, three years in front of our divorce, um, I asked him for the bare minimum because I now had my own business. I now had some of my own hobbies, my own friends. I was, I was getting that self-fulfillment um, outside, outside of our relationship. I was no longer like as codependent on him that I, that I was at one point. Um, and I asked for the very bare minimum. I sat down and I said, can I have five minutes of uninterrupted eye-to-eye -eye contact time once a day? 
once a day, can we just sit and have eye to eye contact? I don't care what we talk about. Five minutes. That was the bare minimum, y'all. He couldn't do it. I'm not saying that you should ask for the bare minimum. You deserve more than the bare minimum. But if you are in a relationship that you feel trapped in, this is where I got to. That was kind of my bare minimum need. He couldn't do it. And at that time, when when he consistently showed that that five minutes a day of eye-to-eye contact of just, hey, how is your day? No distractions, no phones, no TVs, no kids, just a five-minute spousal connection. He couldn't do it. And after a significant portion of time, I knew that that was not a relationship that was ever going to serve me. And I had the strength to step out of it. I'm not saying that that's what you should do. I'm just giving you my story and how I nurtured my own self, fell in love with myself, found what fulfilled me, and then my partner could not ice my cake. So I stepped out. So I wanted to leave you with um, a couple of things that have just really impacted my life, my lessening my fear of being alone permanently and definitely lessening my that emotion of loneliness. So I mentioned that we are the constant throughout our life, um, but I also know that my higher power is there with me, for me, every single step of the way. And so when I say self-connection, I also mean connected to our higher self, our higher power. And one of the things that I did when I knew that letting go of this um, chase to find love, because that's what I was doing for the last five years, I was chasing a future relationship. Um, Once I knew I let go of that, I was going to need my higher power closer than ever. And I'm a pretty spiritual person. I do a lot of prayer and meditation, but I knew that I wanted a deeper connection. And so I got a specific journal, a special journal, where I decided to write letters to my higher power every single day about whatever I felt I wanted to have gratitude for, surrender to, whatever comes out. And I start that with, dear God, God, please guide my hand. And it's been extremely powerful. Um, I, I have felt 
in those moments where my brain and my body want to say, I am alone, I there's nobody around me, I can go into that feeling of I can take care of myself. I am soothing my inner child because she's the one that's feeling alone and lonely. But also I now, because of this daily practice of, of writing it, my strong connection to that source, that source of abundant love that never, like it's infinite that our, our higher powers love never runs out and it's always accessible. And so when I am having that, that trigger of loneliness, I go to that source. I grab that journal and I start writing to connect to that source. And it's been very profound. Um, that's that's been a huge thing this this last month but also serving and it doesn't have to be like a formal volunteer thing it can be but i had a friend yesterday ask me to go hiking with her and i just thought you know she just was like i want to go for a hike and i'm going to ask jen I quickly learned she needed to have a chat and she wanted to be, she didn't want to be lonely. And when we are serving, when we, and, and I say serving, like when we are shining our light, when we are giving our love, when we are leading with love, that is serving. And when we do that, we don't feel lonely. So even if I am not surrounded by somebody, because, you know, I coach on Zoom, so I'm alone a lot. I am not with somebody a lot of the time, but I will text somebody. I texted my brother. Hey, if I'm feeling a tinge of, of loneliness, I'm going to text somebody. I'm going to call somebody that might feel that too. And I thought of my brother and I texted him. And and that lifted me immensely just by sending a text. Hey, just thinking about you and wanted you to know I love you. So serving, giving, shining your light. What would love do? The second we turn towards that, the feeling of loneliness goes away. I'm not going to say it's not going to come back, but in that second, in that moment, it goes away. So those are two really, really powerful things that have helped me. Um, yeah, because giving up the dating apps and that rush, 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 and that chase to find love has, has created a lot of time and space in my life. And, um, Finding the comfort in the discomfort has really been helpful. Um, and there's other, 
I'm really kind of like into this finding comfort and discomfort things. And I'll just end with this little antidote. It really has nothing to do with loneliness, except for loneliness is uncomfortable. Um, there's two things that I've added to my 30 days of self-love. I just started a new sheet. Um, you can get it on my website, jenny-drake.com with all the information and all the instructions. But I just added two things that that is helping me with my goal of finding comfort in the discomfort. And one of them is foam rolling. Um, I, I, it's so painful to foam roll this certain hip flexor, my right hip flexor, this one area. It's getting better. But I know it's for the good because I'm a better runner. I don't have as much sciatica pain, which was getting really bad by rolling my hip flexor, foam rolling my quads and hip flexor. And it's so painful. Like, but I, I set my timer for 30 seconds and I, I, then I take a 30 second break and guess what? It's not as painful anymore. That's the one thing. And then the second thing, I know you've probably heard all about cold plunges. They're super hot right now. I didn't want to like have to invest in a whole bunch of ice. I don't have a big freezer. So I've just been doing like two minute ice cold showers every day. And I set my timer and I put it on as cold as possible. And if my body gets used to that, then I move, you know, I move it and I immerse my head and for two minutes and hopefully, you know, I will add time. It's, it really is helpful on talking yourself through anxiety, panic, fear. Um, so do that, do with it what you will, those two things. They're just something that I've been doing that gets easier and has been extremely helpful because when we are feeling lonely, that is our teacher to rescue ourselves. And I hope that this episode today has helped you um, with some tools, with some processes. And at the very least, you got to know a lot about me and, and my soul. And I hope that you felt a connection. I definitely feel a connection to you. I'm so very grateful for you. I'm so grateful for those of you on Apple Podcasts who have subscribed and reviewed and rated. It just helps me get to know my community so much more. And it makes all of this um, discomfort of loneliness or divorce or whatever hard thing that I've gone through, it makes it totally worth it when I hear from you. So I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you're here. I would love to connect with you. Please reach out and I will talk to you soon. Much love. If you are listening, that means you want to fall deeper in love with yourself. And I have the perfect tool to help you do that. It is a journal called A Year of Self-Love. 52 intentions to help you fall deeper in love with yourself. One for every week of the year. On Sunday night or Monday morning, you choose one of the intentions in this beautifully designed journal. And each night, you can fill in the little journal spot with the accompanying journal prompt for that intention of the week. You guys, if you use this tool, 
you will fall deeper in love with yourself. You can get it on Amazon or my website, which is jenny-drake.com. And don't forget the women in your life, your mom, your sister, your daughter, your best friend. It is also an amazing gift. I hope you love it as much as I loved creating it. Get a year of self-love now. You won't regret it. Thank you.